0: The variant of He Who Remains, the one he's been talking about, the one that he's so afraid of, is Kang. Great. Kang is bent on Thank destruction. God. Oh, they, said they, the they said the K word. They said it. I don't it. know why people were doubting this. <laughs> Kang Whatever.
1: lives in so many iterations. As He Who Remains says, reincarnation. Ooh.
0: baby. baby. Hey, reincarnation, baby. <laughs> reincarnation, baby. How long will we get to dance with this devil in the right? details? Hopefully, for so the excited. next 20 years. I'm, I'm, right I'm for
1: 20 years of Majors Kang.
0: <laughs> Welcome back to New Rockstars. As we move on from Loki, one of our guides through the multiverse will be Kang. Mm. But will this multiverse crisis be resolved in the next few years in time for a new Big Bad to arise? Or are we now living permanently in a Marvel cinematic multiverse? How long is he who remains remaining. Is he, you know, renting month to month or is he executing squatter's rights? This is Inside Marvel, our weekly Marvel discussion. We are currently in between Loki and Marvel's what if, but there's still so much to talk about. I'm Eric Voss here with MT. How you feeling MT? I'm feeling
1: good. I like the rent metaphor for uh, Kang. I hope that uh, Spider-Man from the uh, Raimi trilogy's landlord is the the landlord of the multiverse because that'd be hilarious. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Rent! Yeah. rent!
0: <laughs> oh. uh, so Loki's now in the rearview mirror, but objects seem closer than they appear, of course, including the question of how permanent the chaos of the broken timeline will be in the MCU. Mm. We're going to talk about Kang's future and who could be uh, behind the curtain that's behind him. How many layers mm. of curtains are we dealing with? Plus, other updates on Spider-Man No Way Home, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Ant-Man The Wasp Mania and Moon Knight, but... First, if you're still hoping to get the latest Obsession Loki Out of Time shirt for Loki, this is your last call. Sizes and colors are running out. Last call! But don't forget to also grab our newest addition to the latest Obsession collection: Black Widow's The Red Deep. Mm. Both of these awesome shirts will soon be locked away in the vault or possibly pruned from the timeline forever. Keep an eye out for our new releases. We're planning on launching two brand new latest Obsession shirts for the next couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. One based on the Disney Plus series Marvel's What If, and another that will drop as an exciting surprise. So stay Ooh. tuned and check out all great <laughs> merch options here at newrockstarsmerch.com. But MT, what's our big question this week?
1: Well, our big question for today is, what is Marvel's plan for Kang? Is he the new Thanos or will he transition us to another villain who'll be the next Thanos?
0: Yeah, so uh, we've been seeing some interesting quotes from cast and crew in the days since the finale. Like the director, Kate Herron, said that the casting of Jonathan Majors was a decision that was made <laughs> by Marvel Studios, media director Peyton Reed, and herself. Now, she didn't mention any other directors being part of that decision. Interestingly, not John Watts or any of the directors on any other Disney Plus show. Um, okay. But John Watts is uh, doing Spider-Man No Way Home, and he's also doing the next Fantastic Four movie. So he yes, is someone who wait. you would think that um, that Marvel has in mind for future plans. And Kang, in the comics, is more of a villain to the Fantastic Four than the Avengers. Um, but Kang is at least confirmed to appear in Quantumania, most likely in Loki Season 2, And still a very good chance to be the villain of John Watts' Fantastic Four film. Maybe they just didn't hire him yet for that movie's title. And also, there's probably a good chance we're going to see a Young Avengers title in the works. We have pretty much all the Young Avengers characters cast in the MCU. uh, And perhaps a fifth Avengers film, like Secret Invasion. But the question, MT, I think, is how long the MCU will exist as this chaotic multiverse. Mm. Like, we know some titles will embrace the multiverse. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse Madness, No Way Home home but others good chance will be unaffected by the multiverse events Uh, titles like shang chi secret invasion thor love and thunder guardians volume 3 which james gunn has said has been written in its present form for years before you know marvel unleashed this multiverse um now we have heard some unconfirmed talk from mm. some sources based off of people who work here at New Rockstars who have some <laughs> but none of it's confirmed so It's Carmen San it Diego. Headlines.
1: Don't lie to them. It's Carmen San Diego. Right.
0: We, we got some deep throats. I don't trust any of these sources currently to really hang any hats on this but Uh-oh. just some gossip that the TVA might appear in a Marvel title before Ooh. Loki season 2 grain of salt big grain of salt okay big Um, but really when it comes to kang in the multiverse marvel i believe has two paths before it uh Mm -hmm. there is a four-year multiverse plan and a 10-year multiverse plan
1: i feel like i'm getting a mortgage or something
0: (laughs) yeah oh yeah 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 right uh but both are great deals you gotta act now um (laughs) The four-year plan would treat the multiverse as a transitional crisis touched on in titles like No Way Home, Mm. Multiverse of Madness, Quantumania, Fantastic Four, maybe Deadpool 3, Avengers Secret Wars, and they kind of wrap up by like 2025. And this would end with the multiverse, I would think, condensing back into one shared universe. Really, this would just be like a phase four. Mm. They haven't really used the term phase four a lot. We don't know if it's going to be like another phase that tends Mm. to last four or five years or just like now for the foreseeable future we this is just what we're in now but then after that i think is when we would move on to the x-men who might get introduced in universe as opposed to from another universe um Mm -hmm. and then i think in that case kang would be thwarted or downgraded to like a red skull or loki level villain in the universe but really Mm -hmm. leave the door open for like dr doom or galactus or magneto or mephisto or someone like that to be the main Primary villain. Uh, So that would be the four year plan. Contrastingly, the 10 year plan would treat the multiverse as really just the new normal. Like all upcoming MCU stories would exist either because of or in spite of the existence of a fractured multiverse. But either way, in a multiversal context that could be used to explain the movie or TV show's interconnectivity or explain its elseworld independence. This version of it would probably use the multiverse to justify the X-Men and would give us a better chance of seeing characters like evan peters or michael fassbender people from that universe bridging over with ours uh mm-hmm. and then compared to the infinity saga this would just be our multiverse saga the infinity saga lasted roughly 10 years so with this uh and in this version of it kang might not be the only villain but he would be the most fearsome threat for all of this period because he can just show up in so many different forms yeah it just depends on i don't know if marvel's made up its mind yet i think they're probably weighing both of these versions i think they're probably mm. playing a wait and see game currently because as uh, james gunn said this week we'll talk about this uh later in the episode the superhero genre might not be something that lasts forever Um, Mm. and you got to imagine Marvel studios is probably going to want to go for broke and adapt a lot of these popular things while they're still popular, uh, Mm. in pop culture. Um, we don't know if, uh, you know, superhero movies are just going to be like action movies and action movies are always popular, you know, since uh, Mm. the eighties, really the seventies. Uh, but the 80s kind of distilled what action movie formulas were. Uh, yeah. Or audiences will just look at it as like sci-fi or just escape as fantasy. Or if it's going to be something like the Western. And the Western mm. really did peak at some point and kind of went out of style... And not to say that the Western movie genre is gone and done with. Obviously, we have movies like the Coen Brothers make perfectly great Westerns. Uh, uh, Unforgiven in the 90s was kind of a deconstruction Western. We got that dope uh,
1: Black Cowboy movie coming out on Netflix that I'm totally forgetting forgetting the name of, but it looks amazing.
0: (laughs) But Western movies all kind of have to be, uh, they're all deconstructions rather than just like, you know, back in the 60s, 50s and 60s like you can Westerns were all over the place and you could just pump out a formulaic Western and audiences would see it. That's Mm. not really the case anymore. Um, But MT, I want to ask you which of these two paths, the four year plan or the 10 year plan, do you think Marvel Studios might be leaning towards and which plan Mm. do you want to be the case?
1: I think that it might be more of a 10 year plan type of scenario. Um, Because like, you know, I feel like, you know, this is Marvel's way of, like you said, integrating the X-Men in sort of, Making these the Sony and, and Fox universes and the Marvel studio universes into one shared universe and having the general public understand the difference in like how everything's been since, you know, 2000, or whenever the first X-Men movie came out. Uh, because mm-hmm. to this point, it's been very confusing for a lot for the general audience. It's like, wait, why isn't uh, Professor X with, uh, you know, the Avengers? Like, what what's going on? Like, why isn't Wolverine here? And so this, uh with Loki season one, we're getting the introduction of the multiverse and we're getting the public understanding there. And I think this is just very much the beginning of, you know, greater tales being told with the multiverse being the offshoot. So like with Kang, Kang is very much the, like the beginning phases of a bigger multiversal story. So we're going to get Kang, but then I think that we're going to transition into a secret wars, into maybe like, you know, the power of the Beyonders that, you know, Doom wields when he becomes God Doom in the, um, in the Secret Wars story from 2015. So, you know, we I think that Kang is just, you know, he might be, he's definitely going to be the, the Ant-Man villain. We're definitely going to see that play out. Um, but after Kang is defeated, I think that we're going to just move forward towards some more multiversal threats because like, the Ancient One said in Doctor Strange One, if you knew that all the threats in the multiverse, you would run away in Terra. And then at the end of Doctor Strange One, uh, Wong says that uh, because the Ancient One is dead, everyone in the multiverse is gonna get he- get word of this, and then want to mm. converge onto our reality. So we have multiversal threats, pretty much on the on the, been coming to us. Uh, We've like since Doctor Strange One, uh, since the death of the Ancient One. So like, Marvel Studios has definitely been planting the seeds towards the a more bigger cosmic threats on the horizon so like we're talking like you know maybe the, the a builder war or maybe a um a war with the annihilation wave because we we have yeah. the fantastic Four coming up um uh-huh. but yeah i think it's more of a 10-year plan sorry just rambling at this
0: point <laughs> i ramble all the time baby we were born rambling men
1: uh, yeah, we just love the- nerd shit
0: man we do but i think um i think you're right i don't know if general audiences feel like a confusion of why Mm. isn't wolverine in this i think that's something that it's limited to people like us in the bubble Mm. um but i think like most people who watch marvel movies they just are you know they take what they get and (laughs) they'll just kind of like take it one step at a time rather than feeling Mm. like they are being deprived of anything um But I do think that um, right now, Marvel's kind of in a wait and see approach. Mm. They probably don't want to to use a crass term, blow their wad on Multiverse (laughs) 2 soon. I think they want to like, you know, just take it cautiously a little bit at a time. But I think what Mm. we saw with Jonathan Majors, he's such a great actor. He could be what Loki has been, just kind of one of these villains who shows up in little bits and pieces here. And uh you know i think what kevin feige's ultimate dream has been to make the marvel cinematic universe everything that marvel readers have loved about the comics which is just a sense of like we don't always need to have a bird's eye view of the exact stakes uh from world to world but Mm. once you are in one particular story you're able to kind of put up blinders to the stakes in the context of everything else of the world and just stay focused on this one character's journey moment to moment um so that might mean the mcu over the next four to ten years might not have an exact sense of continuity that mm. it once had in the infinity saga but potentially i think why not go for broke and just see how far you can stretch it and how things relate like i think we will probably see something like the captain britain core right Mm. Uh, or like the spider verse right it's gonna get complicated and crazy and messy but like i never would have thought that they could have adapted an infinity war saga and brought in all these characters and have them talk to each other and they all still kind of retain their individual identity so I think Marvel's doubling down, it looks like. Uh, and while I do think there will be other villains beyond Kang, I don't think we're going to see a four-year plan where Kang is done and then mm. one new big bad is introduced because, because Marvel's already done that with Thanos. Mm. I think instead what you're going to see is like more of a 10-year plan. And mm. then Kang is one villain, but then like in certain movies yeah as you said there's an annihilation situation there's dr doom and mm. so i i don't think that when we get a secret wars movie it's going to be kang i think it's going to yeah. be doom yeah, you know sure. i don't think they're just going to use kang for everything oh I think no they're going to use him like lazy. scalpel
1: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah why not like cast other people like who knows how long superhero movies are going to be popular so now that you own dr doom again don't wait <laughs> I don't think Feige wants to wait.
1: Yeah, I don't think so either. I think Doom is very much on the horizon and he's going to be a a huge driving force because, you know, like you said, with Kevin Feige, Kevin Feige has been wanting these Fox properties so much. And like, you you can tell that he's been wanting to have the Fantastic Four and and to treat them right. So like, Doom is definitely going to be a major force within the MCU when he is introduced. But like, also another thing that we have to consider here is that like Disney Plus and what Marvel Studios is doing with Disney Plus is still rather new. And what we mm-hmm. understand the MCU now is going to be a lot different than what we've experienced in the last 10 years. Because last 10 years, we've had only movies. But now the MCU right. is, is sort of progressing on a much faster clip because we have movies and we also have these shows. And so we're getting, yeah. so, we're getting so much. We, we're so blessed, which is amazing. But like, yeah. I think that that, might sort of, that may end up condensing phases or condensing Mm -hmm. um, how long phases go or or how long sagas even go in terms of time because we're now getting more stories being told in, um, you know, per year, which is great.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. I think uh, phases were something that Feige did to um, make it clear to shareholders and investors how, what his plan was. But Mm -hmm. now that he can say, look, we have a streaming app, we can release content whenever we want multiple times Mm -hmm. a year. Like, realistically, we're looking at a point to where every week with minor interruptions, we'll have a new piece of MCU lore coming into our lives. That I think is even more preferable to investors and shareholders because then it's just like forever in perpetuity, we Mm -hmm. will have new content coming out. Why do we need to break this up into phases anymore? Right. Um, This could just be as popular for as long as we can convince people to subscribe to Disney plus to get this stuff. Yeah. Get $8 a month out of them. (laughs) <laughs> and then potentially a lot more. They're oh yeah, it's, it's definitely up hiking up. 18 bucks, 30 bucks. Sorry, folks, we're going to have to start paying a lot more for this. Oh yeah, if it, they're going to keep and shelling out all it. this
1: money for all these high-quality shows, like, we're, we're, we're going to have to cough it up.
0: Hi everybody, I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pi, People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the... Uh... Get
1: to know you at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are rather than what it is you do.
0: Absolutely. We're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting if they have kids, what shapes their marriages if they're married. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh, move on to some people who helped us make this episode. We want to thank Feels for sponsoring this episode. Mm -hmm. CBD isn't about what you feel. It's about what you don't feel. Stress, anxiety, pain, other things that make you feel bad. Well, Feels is a better Mm -hmm. way to feel better. Feels is a premium CBD that will help to keep your head clear and feel your best. It's hassle-free and delivered directly to your door. Become a member and get 50% off your first order. CBD naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. There's no hangover or addiction. I've used CBD in the past to help with aches and pains, and a bunch of us here at New Rockstars are big fans of CBD. Place a few drops of Feels under your tongue and feel the difference within minutes. Feels offers a free CBD hotline and a dedicated customer service team to help guide your personal experience so that you find a perfect dose. Joining the Fields monthly membership makes your self-care easy. You'll save money on every order, and you can pause or cancel anytime. Start feeling better with Feels. Become a member today by going to feels.com marvel, and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot slash marvel to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping feels.com slash marvel we also want to thank blue chew for sponsoring this video our friends at blue chew have a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as viagra and cialis but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost blue chew is an online prescription service so no doctor's office or pharmacy trips it ships right to your door in a discreet package you sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers and once you're approved you receive your prescription within days their licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength and blue chew is chewable just like it says in the name which is great news for folks don't like swallowing pills so if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information and we've got a special deal for our audience try BlueChew free when you use the promo code of inside marvel at checkout just pay the five dollars in shipping that's bluechew.com promo code inside marvel to receive your first month free and we thank BlueChew for sponsoring the show and thanks to better help for sponsoring this show we've all experienced times when something was interfering with our happiness or preventing us from achieving our goals well better help is here to help they assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist you can start communicating with in under 48 hours it is not a crisis line it's not self-help it is professional counseling done securely online they have a broad range of expertise available for clients worldwide log into your account anytime and schedule weekly video or phone sessions it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today check out the reviews section of their website for testimonials from folks who have gotten something from their service visit betterhelp.com slash Marvel. That's better H-E-L-P and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. And here's a special offer for the Inside Marvel audience. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com Marvel. All right, MT, shifting gears here. Why do we still not have a Spider-Man No Way Home trailer? And when do you think we will get it? <laughs>
1: Well, I think the answer is simple, Eric. I think somebody just wants us to suffer. I think that's just yes. what's going on here. Uh, <laughs> no, I think, honestly, there, I think there's some, it's like sort of half true there. Because, like, they don't have to release the Spider-Man No Way Ho trailer so soon because we all want it so badly. Like, if you go to Twitter.com, it is all anyone is talking about in the nerds. Right. T- corner of twitter and like you yeah. know we're sort of doing free marketing for them in a way so it's just right. like hey everyone's thinking about no way home everyone's waiting for it so they're sort of just like hold 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 yeah. and then they're you gonna release that? it um so we're, we're gonna get it very soon because obviously no way home is coming out you know pretty freaking soon um but god I, I don't know exactly when. what do you what do you think why do you think that we haven't seen one yet
0: because no one said that we would I think, right? Mm. Like no one from Sony promised us that we would get a trailer. I'm mm. like, I feel bad because I, uh, obviously I want to see it. Um, but I think, yeah, you're right. I think Sony recognizes that there's a whole industry of people like us and other channels like us and other <laughs> scoopers who make these promises and use that to, you know, get traffic to their channels and their websites uh and then they're making this up based on nothing they're saying i have a source that says the trailer will come out tomorrow and then inevitably it's wrong i mean Mm -hmm. this movie's not coming out until december we Mm -hmm. are at the end of july right now like i would you know i could totally see this trailer not dropping until september or october like if you think this time last year for all the big stuff that marvel was announcing for the fourth quarter like we didn't see a mandalorian or a wandavision trailer until october right you know we kept saying oh it's going to come next week these things are going to happen by the end of the year it has to come next (laughs) week and then not till october do we get anything um Mm. so yeah unfortunately we may have to wait a bit longer um i know i i want to know more about this movie too but yeah sony's marketing is weird so just to like remind you guys (laughs) The people who cut trailers for Sony, every time, whether it's Venom Let There Be Carnage or this Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer, their marketing department is just a bit weird. They Mm. often seem to be out of sync with their own directors and their own writers and their own team that makes these movies. And often the tone of their trailers and the timing of their releases is just odd. Mm. Uh, and, And it's it doesn't have this um, wonderful synergy that the Walt Disney Corporation seems to have <laughs> with, like, cutting these trailers that, like, seem to read their fans' minds and know exactly what we want. So, mm-hmm. like, I would even say, brace yourself for the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer to just be a bit disappointing, to not be yeah. something that you would imagine John Watts cutting together. Because I don't know what it is. Sony trailers are often just weird. <laughs> they drop in the middle of the freaking night sometimes. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's... It's not always, like, going to be synced with a big Disney release or an Mm. ABC production broadcast on TV because Disney and Sony are different studios. And with these, like, uh, co-produced movies of these Spider-Man movies, Disney doesn't Mm. have any say, really, on how it's marketed. That's all Sony. So just remind yourselves of the uh, Spider-Man Homecoming trailer, of the Spider-Man Far From Home trailers. They were just, like, a little weird. Uh, They Mm. didn't always, like i don't want to get too much into it i think i just remember seeing the spider-man homecoming trailer being like really they're using that song like all right i'll go watch this movie but it looks kind of dumb and then the movies came out and they were great uh because john watts is a great director um Mm. but yeah i just i don't i don't i'm not gonna try to read sony marketing's mind on how they're gonna release this trailer i've just i've been burned too many times
1: (laughs) i just really hope that you know, my biggest concern with um with trailers for the initial trailer for like big properties like Spider Man is that you know they they rely so much on name recognition and all of that yeah. in 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 crafting their trailer so that they don't they just don't show us anything. It's just like yeah. here's the back of Spider Man and now you're excited and like we didn't show you like like plot or like what's going on with them like what's going on in in the story of this movie. It's just like. Oh, we're going to tease you with, like, your Spider-Man swinging. And then here's, like, I don't know, some electricity going on. Because, like, that's sort of hinting at electrode. And then it's going to make our jobs to, like, decipher right. all the little cryptic clues. And, like, they're not going to show us anything. So that's my biggest concern. Please just show us what this movie is going to be about. And also, yes. um, I'm also looking forward to um, the, the amazing posters that we're going to get from Sony. The actual non are always... posters. <laughs> are always so weird and terrible but it's always I'm gonna hilarious make it a prediction to now <laughs>
0: that the poster they release will not be as good as the fake fan-made posters that we've seen so far why can't we just use these instead
1: right i co-sign yeah. that um yeah. i like the, the
0: fake ones <laughs> all right some other news we got from the mcu this week michaela cole from um mm. uh i may destroy you from black mirror a bunch of stuff great actress was cast mm-hmm. in black panther wakanda forever uh what role do you think she's gonna play mt see this is really
1: interesting because i've been sort of like racking my head around this and i i don't really know exactly what role she would play but it would be really really fun if she were playing killmonger's mother because in the mcu um i think that in canon she died in prison if i'm not mistaken um well you know and then you know his father was uh, Eric's father was doing, you know, criminal stuff against Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that it'll, it'll probably be a flashback sequence where she's playing Killmonger's mom because we don't see that character at all, and I feel like her character is really interesting. Um, I so agree. it'd be it'd be really cool to see her pop up and be like, "You killed my baby! I can't believe yeah. y'all killed my baby! Now y'all gonna die!" Um, so yeah, that'd the, be
0: <laughs> I mean, the popular theory is that is Storm, right, Aurora Monroe? Mm, yeah. I just don't know. I. I think Michaela Cole would be a great Storm. Don't get yeah, me wrong. I just story. think like the only reason you would have Storm in a Black Panther movie is to see her relationship with T'Challa. And if T'Challa is exactly. not going to be in this movie, I don't know if you can really, I mean, you could mm. try. I just, it, I don't know what story you would tell otherwise. Yeah. Um. But uh, I think like we've, her hair has been cut short in a lot of her past roles. I would imagine like a new member of the Dora Milaje. Um, mm. Right? Just because like, if you think like in um i may destroy you when her character had that hair like yeah i she's great head is what i'm saying she's got a great head (laughs) (laughs) she could play a great member of the dora milaje Uh, yeah i
1: think that a dora milaje scenario is most likely considering that you know um that's the nature of like the the, like what black women in in wakanda society they're usually the the strong soldier type figures um, so I feel like Dora Malaje would be interesting. I think it would be really interesting if she was like a uh, like a competition for Okoye, like in a way, or like she's mm-hmm. trying to gun for Okoye's top spot or something. like that'd be really cool. To see, like, uh, yeah. see them go at it. I don't know. But she can be yeah. literally anyone.
0: I mean, depending on, we still don't know what the story is going to be about. Like, if it does yeah. show, if it's about Wakanda forever, maybe this is about, like, the collapse of Wakanda society into civil war or something like that. And maybe mm. there's, like, a divide between the Dormilaje, that, like, there's some warring sides between mm. the ranks, or among the ranks of that particular group. And that, uh, mm. Michaela Cole could play a rival to Danai Gurira's character, and, and Ao mm. as well. Um, We'll see. Uh, but she's a great actress. I'm excited to see what role she ends up playing. Uh, but yes. let's move on to Ant-Man, The Wasp Quantumania. Peyton Reed tweeted this week that there's their beginning production, he had this terrifying stuffed rabbit sitting next to a tank labeled Biohazard. <laughs> so any new thoughts on what Quantumania could be after the Loki finale as we're moving forward?
1: Well, I, I first of all, I love that picture because I love yeah. that little bunny from Ant-Man 1 because that's the bunny that uh, Ant-Man, right. Scott Lang, gives his daughter in the first movie for her right, right, birthday right. party. Um, uh-huh. But... But in regards to any new thoughts on Quantumania after the Loki finale, I mean, you know, like I've been saying before, I definitely think we're going to see Kang in um, Quantumania, uh, Kid Kang, obviously, because obviously Kang's going to be in Quantumania because he's going to be the main villain. But I think we're going to see a a younger version of Kang in Quantumania as um, basically that Iron Lad version of of Kang. And those seeds are going to be planted in Quantumania because in the comics, uh, Kang, young Kang and Stature, uh, who is... Cassie Lang in in the Ant-Man series um, have a sort of like a relationship thing going, but they're also young Avengers together. And so mm. I think that Cassie will probably meet a variant of Kang, but mm. that's pretty much <laughs> my only, and they, we're probably going to see a lots of variants of Kang because, because of the name quantum mania, they're probably going to be jumping to different universes all over the place, different timelines or whatever. And so yeah. we're, we're probably going to see different, a ton of different Kangs um, as Kang is this main villain. So it will probably be like this mini army of Kangs that it's got is it's trying to fight.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think uh Quantum Mania is just gonna be centered or at least take place partly in that city in the background of the quantum realm. Um, whether it's Chronopolis or whatever it is, and I think the Kang variant we'll see in this one will be Kang the Conqueror. Yeah, uh, for sure. Like I I don't think there's gonna be any confusion about it. Like that's the villain. Yeah. Uh, it'll, and it'll I be think done, you're yeah. right. I think there's gonna be alternate versions of him that may be warring with himself, but yeah, I think the the spinoff from this movie will be young Avengers, you know, and I think, uh, Cassie Lang stature is going to be the lead of that. And I think we're going to meet young Nathaniel Richards, as you said, um, they might even use that version of like, uh, how they had that mistake version of quantum technology that de-aged people or aged people up. Like maybe mm. that's the way we get Kang is that some Kang variant gets de-aged. Uh, mm. and then, and then, so we get a young Nathaniel Richards out of that. That'd um, be fun.
1: I would love that. Yeah.
0: I just hope that they don't let go of that particular, like, I hope that wasn't just like a one-off scene. I'd love to see that. I know, like that, life.
1: like implemented more in the MCU. It's like, you just saw the, the cure to aging, like by yeah. accident.
0: Yeah, the cure to a lot of stuff. You can make someone immortal that way. Exactly, um, like forever. Yeah. Quick question, though. What
1: do you think are the odds of us going to Spider-Man 2099's universe in Quantumania?
0: I think it's more likely we'd see that in No Way Home than in Quantumania. Yeah. Right? I, but I do think a like, Miguel O'Hara uh, showing up in the MCU is, is possible. It would just have to mm. be through one of these Sony properties, I would imagine.
1: Because, like, we do know that Sony and Marvel have this new deal going on. And, like, we don't exactly know what the deal entails. So it would be really interesting if, if more Spider-Man stuff got implemented in, in uh like solo marvel projects more i mean i I love it i love it it's just
0: sony's still pretty protective of it like it seems Mm -hmm. like anytime they share the spider-man name it's just peter parker for now
1: it's true like
0: like i don't know if they're gonna let miles morales show up uh Mm. like other than mention until like we don't have peter parker anymore uh but that's gonna be a whole new deal that I think yeah. Disney has to sign with Sony. I think this releasing uh, their titles on Disney Plus is one thing, but actually being written in their movies is a whole other thing that we're, it's still gonna be baby steps. I wanna ask you about this mm-hmm. quote from James Gunn in an interview for mm-hmm. the Suicide Squad this week. He uh, was asked kind of about the superhero film genre, and he said, quote, We know about the way cowboy films went and the way war films went. I don't know. I think you don't have to be a genius to put two and two together and see that there's a cycle to those sorts of films, and that the only hope for the future of the comic book and superhero films is to change them up. They're really dumb, and they're mostly boring for me right now, (laughs) end quote. Now, there's probably a context to which James Gunn was saying that this is the same guy who's making the Suicide Squad and Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> Volume Three. Obviously, he's not mm-hmm. saying all superhero movies are dumb and boring. I think he's just saying no. to change things up to keep it fresh and original, as he's done in all of his superhero movies. But what are your yeah. thoughts on this, MT?
1: I think James Gunn's right on, like right on the money there. I think that he's exactly right, and I think we're starting to see it as superhero films have gotten more popular in, um, in just in the public eye with other studios who are not Marvel Studios, like making, trying to hop into that, like, uh, that superhero hype and not actually getting into it because they don't understand that, you know, superhero films have been a- around for so long and that Marvel Studios is starting to evolve the way that they show these films, whereas these studios are like, hey, we just we just slap tights on them, right? And like, it's fine. And people will just come see it. No, it's like, we need to continue evolving and making um, these stories and these characters new. For example, Thor Ragnarok. Like, Thor, the Thor series was kind of struggling up until that point, and they reinvented it and made this it, it crazy take on the Ragnarok story. That's what you need to do to keep things fresh and new, and that's what will keep people interested in the MCU. That's why we got Loki. That's why Ant-Man the Wasp Quantumania is probably going to be crazy. That's why Marvel is even doing this multiverse stuff to begin with, because... They're they're flipping things up. Like the Marvel Universe. Everyone's like, yeah, we know what the Marvel Universe is. We we have a pretty good idea. Nope. We about to we about to give you a uh, alligator Loki and all sorts of weird shit because like we we flipping up the game and keeping things interesting. And like that is, I think that is what's going to be the difference between you know the the Western genre and. Um, you know, superhero genre.
0: Yeah, I think he's um, right that you do have to change things up. I disagree with him on uh, them being comparable to uh, Western films and war films, though. Mm. I don't know if uh, it's a passing fad. I think the fact that. You know, the first Superman movie, we had the Batman series. We had other Batman movies in the past, but really the superhero movies as, like, major motion pictures. It's Richard Mm. Donner's Superman. We had some Superman movies through the 80s. We had the Tim Burton Batman films through the uh, 80s and 90s. Uh, And then we had kind of this Marvel renaissance that really started with Blade, you know. Mm. But then Blade led to X-Men and Mm. Sony Spider-Man throughout the 2000s. And then the MCU launched i think the difference is is the level of saturation to have multiple of these Mm -hmm. movies per year but it they keep just making more and more money i don't know if that's a bubble i think they're already Mm -hmm. transforming and trying new things even before james gunn directed guardians of the galaxy but like Mm -hmm. you know if you look at the western film genre like it did legitimately go out of style and i don't know if superhero movies are a genre uh, in the same way, mm. because within the superhero movies, you get heist movies, you get mm. period pieces, you get spy thrillers. Um, you get like, uh, uh, comedies straight up, like weird Douglas Adams comedies as what like <laughs> Thor Ragnarok and, and guardians of the galaxy have been. And yeah. what I would say Loki is, um, you have like kind of romantic dramas that, uh, feel like something that spike Jones would do is what, uh, WandaVision was. Um, yeah. So, I don't know if you can really compare them, uh, but the Western film genre did go out of style for sure. Um, but you, it's still around. It just mm. takes new forms. And uh, Clint, one of my favorite movies is Clint Eastwood's Unforgiven. Um, and that is a deconstruction of the Western film genre and of stories in general uh, and mythology. And um, the superhero movies already kind of went through that. James Mangold's Logan was almost beat for beat Unforgiven. It's yeah. I highly recommend if you have like a double feature night, watch Unforgiven and then watch Logan or watch one of the two back to back. It's You'll see the parallels and you'll love both movies even more than you thought. So yeah, I think, uh, and then things like The Dark Knight. That was Mm. a deconstruction of the Batman mythology uh, six years before Guardians of the Galaxy was. So yeah, I don't think they have to go out of style, but I do think they, I don't think there's like a pressure cooker limit. I think people will still, Mm. you can still make a straight up formulaic Marvel movie and I think people will watch it 10 years from now. Uh, The IP is that strong. It's unprecedented, but I don't think everything is a bubble.
1: This is true. And I think that with, with the fact that we have a cinematic universe and we have this narrative that is being told over such a long period of time with no end in sight. I think that that intrigue there is what's going to keep superhero films
0: alive. We'll leave it there for this episode of Inside <laughs> Marvel, but MT and I are going to be back next Wednesday with our preview mm-hmm. for Marvel's What If on Disney+, why this mm-hmm. anthology series will actually be essential viewing to prepare for titles like Multiverse yes. of Madness. So stay tuned for that. Don't forget to check out our many great merch options at newrockstarsmerch.com. Follow MT at Mastertainment. Follow me at EA Voss. Follow New Rockstars. Subscribe to Inside Marvel wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.